Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back to another edition of the East West Hoop Soup here on Blog Talk Radio. This is the 45th episode. Five shows made in the 50. Got good things coming up for you in store in the next couple weeks. Stay tuned. Got a lot of talk. Got a lot of talk to talk about on today's show. NBA playoffs. A lot of exciting games happening, especially today's game. Spurs versus Warriors was a great game to see if you watched it. But we're also going to talk about the Sixers. They got a new GM and Sam Hankey. Talk about him as well. But always, I'm joined by my co-host. Daryl Simmons from Claflin University. Hey, what's going on, Jovan? Take it to the house. That's definitely the theme of tonight's show. Uh, take it to the house. Uh, quick start. Uh, you know, Steph Curry did an amazing job in the third quarter. We know this guy is hurt, but he took it to the house. He forced it to tie up the series at 2-2. What a wonderful game my health and Jerry Jack. Definitely, that is the theme. Of, that was that definitely the theme of today. It's taking the house. The you know, Warriors basically outplayed, outclassed in the first half by the San Antonio Spurs. But somehow in the second half, Stephen Curry hits from three, and it was the Jared Jack show from there on out. If you didn't see the Golden State Warriors beat the San Antonio Spurs today, ninety-seven to eighty-seven in overtime. And you're definitely right. Stephen Curry definitely had a big influence on the stadium. Even though he was hurt, Stephen Curry played 39 minutes, 7 of 15 shooting, 5 of 10 from the three-point line, 4 rebounds, I mean 6 rebounds, excuse me, 4 assists, and 22 points. That's good for a player who was, who was on a hobbled ankle for the whole game. Yeah, it definitely is. I know uh, Kurt mentioned earlier on the status saying that, you know, we underestimated uh Golden State, and they they proved themselves to the, the world that you know we might be an underdog in this situation. But hey, let's go out and go strong. So they're they're showing that they for they forced themselves to uh, you know even the series. So now we have to really watch out and see what changes Greg Popovich does uh, in order to change the Spurs. You know, Spurs has a, a wonderful team. They're known for their that comebacks in the fourth quarter, and apparently that didn't happen today, but uh, uh, just a wonderful game the Warriors put on. The Warriors did put on a good game. And after the third quarter, it was all Stephen Curry. But in the fourth quarter, doing what a veteran does best, Jerry Jack took some big shots down in the fourth quarter to get the to get the Warriors in the in this in this position to win the game, and 
very clutch shots, you know, Stephen Curry and Klay Thompson not being on. Jerry Jack took it upon himself to lead the team to victory, and he played pretty good ball in 37 minutes off the bench. 9-16, shooting, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, and 24 points. If it wasn't for Jerry Jack, the the Warriors wouldn't have won this game. Yeah, you're right about that, man. I was watching the game, and I said, what is Jerry Jack doing, you know, running up and down, around, under the court? You know, confusing the uh, defenders, but you know those. You turn back around and hit it into your face, and you won't even know it. So, uh, definitely the veteran of the team. He led them to win the game in overtime. When uh, overtime was thrilling, they went on a a run. I think a, a nine-on run in the first minute, and uh, San Antonio had maybe seven or eight turnovers, if I'm not mistaken, within that uh, overtime period. So, they played. Tight defense. They knew they were down since um, beginning of the game. I think they had their first lead in the third, fourth quarter. I mean, it might have been late in the third or early in the fourth. So they fought, like I said, they fought this way in the game. And Jerry Jack was a highlight man of the game. He really was. And also another player that really stepped up in my eyes and really performed to his performance was best. And also did uh, also did what a lot of rookies wouldn't do, and that kept on, and that is keep on shooting, and that is Harrison Barnes, the the small forward for the Warriors. You know, played 51 minutes, and didn't shoot so well. Didn't shoot so well. I'm not gonna get on his back for that. Didn't shoot so well as a rookie, but I mean, for him to keep on shooting, that takes a lot of heart. Nine to 26 today. 10 rebounds, 26 points, grew up in the series a lot in this in game four. Yeah, he definitely did. You know, as a rookie, you come in, you come to shoot, you come to play. You know, you, you're 9 for 26 in the game, but, hey, you know, nine of those 26 shots went in. So, uh, in the next game, they'll probably uh, limit his minutes but, uh, in terms of shooting. But uh, on, on the opposite hand, he was good uh, in, in defense. So, you know, it kind of, like, weighed out uh, in order to help the Warriors. But, you know, as a rookie, like I said, you know, you come into a playoff game with this atmosphere and the, the emotions are high on both sides of the team, you know. So, uh, you know, it's okay to shoot 26 shots. Yeah. I mean, your team was struggling, but like I, they, they found a way to um, find themselves on the, the other side of the finish line. So, it's okay. It's all right. I mean, I, I understand as a rookie, sometimes if you're wide open, you're going to take the shot. So uh, it's pretty much simple to what he did, but it's okay. You know, there's no need to talk about the bad side with the good side he, he played in today's game. So Yeah, good side. I, I agree. Good side is that, you know, as a rookie, he kept on shooting, and I thought that was good. One thing that the, that the Warriors did do in that second half is they, they did clean up there on their defense, even though they had a ton of their big men in foul trouble. They had Carl Landry in foul trouble. Andrew Bogut in foul trouble. Um, Zilli in foul trouble. We saw the likes of Andre Beadrins get some playing time and get three rounds. Then we saw WCW himself, David Lee, who was playing basically on the torn hip flexor, was supposed to be off for eight weeks, came back in three weeks, playing in pain, Still being able to contribute in eight minutes, giving them five rebounds—that has to do a lot to this to this Warriors team. 
that even though he's still hurt, he's still giving some kind of contribution in the way, and it helped into these game because the Spurs, the Spurs, the Spurs are limited, and it showed in their in their in their offensive scoring. Duncan seven for twenty two, Kawhi Leonard four of eleven, Tony Parker six seventeen was playing injured himself, Danny Green four of thirteen, Manu Ginobili eight of eighteen, and the Warriors stepped up in third in the second half. Yeah, they definitely did. Uh, you mentioned David Lee being hurt. You know, it's just because of the playoffs. You know, the wear and tear that usually happens is, is going to continue happening. But he, in a way, was he, you're right on the. He got five rebounds, you know, eight minutes of five rebounds. He didn't necessarily have to put up points, but he was there to show himself, like, yeah, I'm hurt. Get me in the game, coach. I want to go out and play. I want to help the team. So that's a big contribution. You know, like, just like uh, Chicago Bulls with Darryl Rose being hurt. Uh, we'll get to that in a few. But, you know, if you're hurt, I'm like, and Darryl Rose is definitely a different situation because he was hurt last year. But, you know, if you're hurt, you want to try to give uh, some – uh, advice to the team or even go out there and play. So, uh, you know, it's great. David Lee was able to do his job. Maybe next next game he'll get to up some points. And that can, that can be the difference maker between a 10-point a game and a 20-point game. It really can. And, you, and you'll see as the last game he played only five minutes is when he played eight minutes. I think they'll start to increase them little by little. I think the max will probably go was like 12 to 15. I can't see any more than that. Just playing on the touring. That's blown a torn hip flexor. Series tied now two. Series now tied two with two. Game five is on Tuesday night at nine thirty in San Antonio. What do the Spurs? What not even what the Spurs need to do? Cause they played good. What do the Warriors need to do? Not put themselves in this same situation of coming back like they had to do in Game Four. I think the I think they're used to uh, coming back. You know. They're used to the fighting in the third quarter. I mean, Curry is instead of what maybe ten, fifteen points in the third quarter. You know, the magical three shots he makes—they go up and go in. So, um, in order to get out of that problem in the game, was it'll be game four? No. Yeah. It'll be, no, game, be game, four, five. Yeah. game five. Game five. Yeah. So, in order to go in the game five, we got to go in the push to push the ball from court to court. You you can't uh slow up on defense. You gotta uh definitely limit your uh, turnovers and you you have to get more fast break points. That's a, a key in any series. Uh today they only uh well actually each team have four break points uh four fast break points. You know, uh you get the uh, still winning the court. You you gotta go ahead I know um they were trapped in overtime uh I think it might have been Curry or somebody else had the ball, and they were, they were looking down, but you had two guys. You know, you, at that point in the time, you you got to look up the court and get those easy points because that's going to define the, the end of the game. You know, in the last minute, you know, teams start following you, but you got to go ahead and get some more fast break points. So if they can convert, I can get more turnovers off the Spurs and convert them into fast break points. That will definitely be a difference maker on my uh, my opinion in the next game. I I I I definitely I see that I see that I see that, and we'll see in Game Five, which will be on Tuesday night at nine thirty. Spurs Warriors nine thirty on Tuesday night. Moving to the other games that happened this weekend, we're going to backtrack our way 
NBA playoffs. On Saturday night, Saturday night, we had a good one Saturday night. And there two games on Saturday, but we're going to start with the later one. And that was the New York Knicks versus the Indiana Pacers. The Pacers win this one going away 82-71. This game really was no contest for the, for the most part. The Pacers dominated this game from the tip. It looked like it was close. They were up three. They went to halftime of three, but you really got the feeling that this was really the Pacers game throughout the throughout, and it showed. I mean, the Knicks shot a dismal 35%, just like the Pacers, but what the X factor was is Carmelo only had 21 points, and the rest of it, Carmelo was the only person. Let's get it. Let's keep it real here, folks. Carmelo was the only person in the Knicks, on the whole Knicks team, to score double figures. You cannot win basketball like that. No, nah, not especially not at all. Uh, twenty-one points, and everybody else had eight between uh, six. Well, can't even count three points. So that really doesn't help in this game. But uh, six to nine points, your whole team. You're the only man at twenty-one. Nah, that we said that before. Carmelo, we know Carmelo's going to shoot thirty shots uh, a, a game, but uh, you know you can't be the only guy. Like J.R. Smith didn't show up to play. Uh, Taylor didn't show up to play. Uh, Shumpert definitely didn't show up to play. The, the big key guys, uh, even Novak, you know, well, he only played two minutes. So that could have been a, a factor in the game as well. But, you know, Melo, okay, he might be the star of the team, but shooting 35% as a team, that's not going to win you any game. Now, luckily the Pacers were able to walk away with the win because, as you said, they did. As soon as the, the jump ball, they took advantage and they were ready. They were aggressive against the New York Knicks. Uh, I pretty much knew. I had guessed early in the day. I was like, well, the Pacers are going to win this game. You know, it would be interesting for the Pacers to go up to the one and rather see the Knicks go up to and one uh, just simply because they were away. And, you know, when you're playing on the, the road, the things can definitely be different. You're not in your home field and your home, your, your home court, pardon me. And, you know, Madison Square Garden, uh, you know, was uh, playing at the, the Knicks Arena. Come on, man. That's like, you know, the best thing you can ask for. So um, it'll be definitely something to see when they go on to the next game. Uh, you know what? It would really be surprising that all of these series uh, we have out now are tied up at 2-2, and then I think we'll set a new record uh, for the NBA playoffs because I know originally when all of the series were tied up at 1-1, that was the first time. Uh, in a while that the NBA has done that. So if all the teams decide to, you know, take a 2-2 tie, uh, that would be uh, interesting to look out for. We really don't know who to pick as a winner in that case because now in the game, the series is up for anybody. So that's something to look at. If the Knicks could come out stronger and uh, probably should have a, a much better uh, field goal percentage as well as three-point percentage, uh, in terms of shooting, and they come back and win. We'll see what happens, though. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm a, I agree with you with that. And and you can't – Melo cannot be the only one scoring that amount of points. You can't win playoff basketball like that. And one thing that the Pacers did do in this game, which was very good, is that, you know, even though Paul George shot 417, horrendous, 14 points, 5 steals, 8 assists, 8 rebounds, stuff in the stat sheet, even though he had a horrible game. The game was one down low, was the one in the paint. Roy Hibbert, in 40 minutes, 
had a double-double, 24 points, 14 rebounds, I mean, 24 points, 12 rebounds, excuse me, dominated the paint inside. And that's all the Pacers needed, for real, for real, because then the other guys just filled in. George Hill filled in. Paul George, David West. One thing that the guys said on, on ABC today, which was so key, is that there's only two teams that play traditional inside-out basketball, and that is the that is the Grizzlies and the Pacers. And you're starting to see, you're seeing the success of that. Start the ball inside, work it outside, and things start opening up. If your big men are opening up inside, then it means your outside is going to be open. And it's and it's showing in this series, especially for the Pacers. They won the game inside, down low, and Dave Roy Hibbert played better than Tyson Chandler, basically. Oh, oh yeah, most definitely. Um, it doesn't even give me a necessary to look at the, the points difference between them two, but Roy Hibbert uh, showed them uh, stuff as a better man uh, in that game. So we'll see what happens, man, in the next game. But you're right, inside-out basketball is the way to play in the playoffs. You know, you have your big men inside, and the wing is always open. You have all your, your defenders uh, coming inside the paint. And, then, you know, there's always that one key guy uh, out in the wing. To Not even necessarily the wing, but it could be a mid-range shot. It's an easy two points. So uh, we'll see if somebody can uh, catch on to that and try to play some defense in the next game. It will be inter- it will be definitely interesting to see in this series as we head to a game four in Indiana Leafs series now two to one. Game four will be on Tuesday night at seven o'clock p.m. That game will be the first one before Spurs Warriors on Tuesday night. So this game will be at seven o'clock. We'll see if the Knicks can tie it up or if Indiana can take a three-one commanding series lead. But if you also want to get involved in the show with about eleven minutes left. Call any game about the NBA playoffs. Please call in at 347-215-8531. That's 347-215-8531 to get involved in to tonight's show. Moving on to the next playoff series, Oklahoma City versus Memphis. Memphis pulls out and wins another pulls out and wins this game again. Memphis thirty two nine at home. They cannot be stopped at all. They win game three. Eighty seven eighty one. Kevin Durant. Thunder lose it, just lose. And, you know, the Grizzlies, same thing as the Patriots, inside-out ball. And it, and, it, and, it, and it showed again, you know, Mark Gasol, 20 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists. Zach Randolph, 10 rebounds. Mike Conley, 14 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists. Stuff in the stat sheet. Tony Allen, 14 points. Jared Bayless, 11 points. This Grizzlies team... A lot of people ain't talking about this Grizzly team has it going on in this playoffs this year. Yeah, you're right about that, man. The Grizzlies definitely got it on. Um, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if they beat OKC. But I, that's too early to speak about. Yeah, the playoffs series is still early. I'm not saying the Grizzlies will be OKC, but that's definitely uh, a surprise to, to watch out for. I think Kevin Durant, uh, he needs his sidekick. Russell Westbrook, hurry up and get back on the court, man. You know, uh, those 35 points that Westbrook was setting up and Kevin Durant only put up 25, you know, that's, that's not easy. He can't do it all by himself, basically. So when he's running in the paint, uh, Zebo, Zach Randolph, you know, his presence in the paint, I mean, come on, man. It's like going up against a giant. You know, you're going to get knocked down. So I, I don't... 
only way I, I can see the OKC tying the series up is they, they find some alternative way to not necessarily go inside of the paint, but to maybe take more outside shots. Uh, because not like even the last uh, playoff series, the Grizzlies blocked. Uh, they, they pretty much blocked people from going inside the paint. You know, all those shots inside that that was going that that didn't even happen in the last uh, playoff round. So now it's like, okay, now how do you stop this guy? This guy's uh, maybe a couple inches taller than you. What do I do? Should we follow him out? Get him fired out easily? But you, you only do that, and it only works so much of a time because. You have other players on the team who can take his position and still be uh, have their presence known uh, inside the paint. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the, the Grizzlies, part of me, went up uh, and won the next game, man. It's, it's scary, you know. I, I had OKC and somebody from the East going to the, the finals because we saw how hungry Kevin Durant was. But once he lost uh, Westbrook, things definitely took a change. And not for the better, but for the worse right now because he's struggling uh, to go ahead and get the next one, man. Yeah, that's the shocking point. We thought without Russell Westbrook, we would have saw Kevin Durant develop more and be more aggressive, and we're not seeing that. It's like he's scared to take that spotlight. You know, Russell, even though he has his has his tendencies, of being a jack and gunning all the time, he wasn't scared to take any shot. And I think with Kevin Durant, we're definitely seeing him being hesitant on a lot of shots that you that you need your superstar, basically the guy that's, that has to lead this team to victory. You need him to shoot. We need, we, you need him to be aggressive and shoot, and he's just not giving it to you. Yeah. Not at all. So um, I don't know, man. It's, it's scary, you know. I don't think the Thunder have it in them anymore. I mean, honestly, they find some kind of way to to spark uh, a run and get the ball going. I mean, okay, the score was eighty one eighty seven, but that doesn't, you know, if you if you watch the game and see how much they struggled to to get points, uh, you can definitely see that there's a problem going on uh, in OKC's offense. So. If something doesn't change, they might end up slipping and and losing the next game. So uh, we'll have to watch when that game uh, comes on uh, later. I think it's about to come on tomorrow. I'm not sure, but uh, something to watch out for. Yes, yes, it is something to definitely watch out for. Game four is on Monday night. So game four is tomorrow night, 9.30 p.m. See if the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies can steal this one at home. I think this series is done for. The Grizzlies take a 3-1 lead. I'm, I think the Thunder, the Thunder are done for. And moving to our last series that has the most compelling story of hatred, of NBA hatred and rivalry. Any you, this, this, this is the best series. I'm not going to say the one of the best series, but this series has a lot of hate in it. These other series don't have hate in it. This one has really hate, like 1980s style of basketball hate. And as the Miami Heat and Chicago Bulls, the Heat beat the Bulls in game three, 104-94. But the storyline is behind the score. It's really not about the score of the game. It's about the storyline behind the game. 
Oh yeah, most definitely, man. Uh, that that push Muhammad had on LeBron James, woo. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't see it coming, but I, I couldn't say I, I didn't see it coming anytime. Uh, I saw it coming sometime soon, but I didn't see it coming that quick uh, late in the game. Uh, you know, it's, it's turned into a physical battle, and it's not it's not easy for Chicago. Chicago knew that they already uh, out without Dang and Heinrich, so they knew that it wouldn't be easy in this this uh, these rumored tweets that we keep hearing about Derrick Rose. I mean, Rose, if you're if you're you're considering coming back into the game, okay, hurry up and come back. You know, you have these fans out here talking about, okay, let's see, oh yeah, he's coming back. You know, we see a tweet the next hour. Oh, Derrick Rose is playing. Like, okay, let's get that out the way. Let's clear that stuff because now your team is like, well, you know, we've been without Derrick Rose and you're practicing, and then now, you know, that changes the entire game plan. So, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a fight the next game. Uh, it's becoming a bloodbath uh, in a sense. And like we said a couple of weeks ago, Chicago is the one who stopped Miami Heat from getting on that winning streak. So I guess Miami's trying to prove themselves, and now it's time to a bloodbath, man. There's nothing else to say about this series except a bloodbath. It was the best of the best, and uh, Miami's leading 2-1. to one, But, hey, anything can happen. Yeah, anything can happen in this series. And one thing that people that are people are forgetting, the refs are very quick on their whistle. You're seeing it throughout these playoffs and the refs are very quick on this whistle. And I didn't have a I didn't have a problem with Nazi Muhammad pushing LeBron because if you saw in the replay, LeBron actually did push Nazi Muhammad too. And people 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 forget that 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 he pushed him. But LeBron actually pushed him and Nazi Muhammad defended himself. The thing is, and Coach Tibbs noticed he know that LeBron flopped when he got pushed. He knows that his team is not going to get the benefit down the call because they're playing physical basketball. And Sorry. I thought that we're I thought that the sense of the public people play physical basketball is it because it's because the Heat don't play physical basketball. They play a very finesse style of game. And if you saw in the press conferences that Bulls are mad. And you know the Heat, the LeBron's like my mom's not there, the, not there at that play anymore. You know, da, da da da. Stop, stop going off the, stop trying to dish it, distance, distance, distance yourself from this, from the incident that you started. Then you had Norris Cole saying we're here for a mission, like the Bulls aren't here for a mission. And then you got Dwayne Wade saying, you know, defending for LeBron when LeBron's a grown man himself. The, the Heat put themselves on a pedestal ever since they all got You know, not one, not two, not three, you know. You know, everybody looks up to you, man. You know, you mess up. You mess up. It's over. But you're right. Yeah, and it's and it and it and it's weird and it's weird to just to just to just uh to, to just to just See just to see that just to see that kind of stuff, and I agree. I definitely think there's a fight destined to happen. Game four is tomorrow night at seven o'clock, and everybody's I would be glued to that. I'm telling you, when you're on Twitter, I think this is the most tweet about series in a minute. Like this, this, this has a lot of good things, and I bet you you'll see a technical foul happening. And for Nadi Muhammad to get ejected, I think that was ridiculous too, because LeBron James didn't get ejected, and LeBron James said, uh, "What did he say? He said if I'm." 
this, 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 this is the point that really had him messed up. He said, "If I'm ejected, then then we lose the game." Huh. That's funny. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, LeBron said, "If I'm ejected, we lose the game." But we'll see how everything tunes out tomorrow. Tomorrow, if tomorrow seven o'clock p.m. game four happens, Heat versus Bulls on TNT. With a minute and 35 seconds left in the show, let's all talk about the Philadelphia 76ers. They did make news. They did make some headlines this on Friday as they hired a new GM, and that will be taking off president. And that when new GM and he would have president, he'll have that title too. And then it's Sam Hankey. He'll be the new GM. Tony DeLeo is out. The Sixers are moving with a new brand. It seems like Sam Hankey, he comes in with this money ball style of technique that Billy Bean ran back in Oakland. And you have to be excited, Sixers fans, than what you're getting from Sam Hankey. Everybody's talked good of him. Jeff Van Gundy's talked good of him. Daryl Morey, the, 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 um, the GM, talked good about him. I mean, if you looked at what the Rockets have done, they have, they have created themselves a nice little team. And he's all about numbers and statistics. So... He got a formula, and it's worked down in Houston. So I'm actually happy to see what what this guy can bring to the Sixers. Yeah, yeah most definitely. I, I know the Sixers are a recent firing of Doug Collins. Uh, you know, now it's time to go out and shot big for a new coach, man. So uh, that's something to look forward to in the upcoming months, bro, during this off season. Definitely, and that's going to end our time here on the show today. Thanks, everybody, listening to the East West Hoop Soup. We'll be back here, same time, same place, next week here on Block Radio, and we're going to we'll be almost. We might have our our our, our conference finals champion matchup, or we might have Game Seven. So who knows? And we'll come back next Sunday. But me, this is me, John Offer, with my co-host Al Simmons, and we'll talk to you guys. Same time, same place, next Sunday here on Block Talk Radio. We might have an announcement for you, too, so stay tuned after this next week. All right, see you.